We are getting a lot of different questions that are coming in from not only our clients, but just from different listeners of our podcast, which is great. We love to answer these questions because answering these questions now can keep you out of tax trouble later. So what I'd like to dedicate this episode to is just answering a few of the questions um, because if one person has a question, more likely than not, someone else has the same question, but just didn't ask it or haven't asked that question yet. I'm Deltrees Hart Anderson, keeping the IRS out of the pocketbooks, wallets, and bank accounts of taxpayers. One of the questions I got on this week was, I plan to retire within eight years. I'm contributing $500 to my 401k and $100 to my IRA monthly. I'll spare the rest of the details. Um, This came from one of my longtime clients who is pretty much concerned with whether she should stop her 401k and IRA, um, should she continue it but move everything to safe investments, or should she just hold on for the ride? And lastly, what would be the tax implications for her decision? I first want to start this Uh, answering this question by letting everyone know that I am not a financial advisor in the sense of I assist people with um, trading of any securities. I don't do that. So um, I don't tell people or advise people on where they should invest their hard-earned money. I don't have the skill set. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the educational background to do that. I am an accountant. I am a licensed enrolled agent. So I have the license to represent taxpayers before the Internal Revenue Service. I can assist with tax planning and tax strategies. That's my expertise. That's my um, educational background. So I'm I'm saying all of that. And I also, I work alongside financial advisors. So if you have a financial advisor from a brokerage firm, um, I work with many different, I have, um, I have in the past, I continue to do so, work with many different financial advisors so that we can create uh, strategies for Um, clients that include investments and savings and budgeting, insurance, all of that stuff, um, in addition to my piece, which is going to be the tax strategy. So I prefaced by saying all of that because I'm not qualified to give advice to anyone um, as to whether they should buy any securities, hold on to any securities, sell it or anything. But to answer the last question about the implications of the 401k, that I can do. So here goes. 
Right now, because of COVID-19, the IRS is allowing people to withdraw from their 401k plans. And that's any retirement plan where the money has not been taxed before. They are um, able to withdraw from that plan, regardless of age, regardless of situation, without the 10% penalty. So basically, if you withdraw money before you're 59 and a half from a retirement plan um, and you don't have a special circumstance, which we won't get into that right now, but if you don't have a, a certain special circumstance, then not only will the money be taxed, but that money will also be penalized. And that penalize um, the penalty for early withdrawal of retirement funds is 10%. So on top of the tax, at whatever your tax rate is, you will be taxed 10%. Not so much right now. Due to COVID-19, the tax break is, even though if you withdraw money, you will still be taxed, you will not be penalized. So to my dear, dear client, um, longtime client, and just, and she's very um, money savvy and money conscious, um, that there's the answer that I can give you at this time, okay? A similar question came in from one of, another one of my clients who has retired and who is 75 years old. And well, I'm sorry, we'll be turning 75 um, very soon. I won't give um, any information out, but we'll be turning 75 very soon. And his question was, I heard that I did not have to take the required minimum distribution for this year. Is that true? So the answer is yes, it is true. Anyone over the age of 70 and a half that normally has to take that minimum distribution in at least by December of each year, you don't have to take that distribution this year if you do not need to, or if you just don't want to. So that is a great question. The answer is no, you don't have to take the required minimum distribution this year. Um, and that'll save you on your taxes, especially if you don't need the money. So great question. And there you go. Another person I spoke with within the past few weeks, uh, last week, not this week, um, they wrote in to me saying they were separated from their spouse and the spouse owns a business and they were in the process of getting a divorce. I had two divorce calls, so I'll share um, this one first. And they said they've always filed jointly with their spouse, and now the IRS is sending notices that they owe $67,000 together, and she has no idea how they're coming up with this amount. 
and she doesn't know what he was paying to the IRS. So what should she do? She wants to know what she should do. So as we talked about, because this uh, could be a lot of situations, um, a lot of people's situations right now, I'm working on a few cases where we started off with both spouses and now um, they may not be on the same page, maybe going through a separation or going to finalize the divorces now um, since the courts some of the court systems have started to open back up. So here's the thing. You, as a spouse, may be able to avoid some of the tax liability under what's called an innocent spouse relief. So this is for IRS law. And um, I can only speak to the IRS laws because different states, depending on... Um, whether um, different states have different rules as far as marriages are concerned. So under the federal law, if there is an income tax return and that return is signed by both husband and wife, then technically both husband and wife are responsible for the taxes owed. But, 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 but the law permits some special situations, okay? So sometimes where one spouse um, hasn't a clue, I should say, of what was going on with the, um, the other spouse's fi financial affairs, then that spouse cannot be held responsible for any mistakes of the other spouse, okay? But you have to meet the criteria, and um, which is the criteria to apply for innocent spouse relief, okay? So you gotta make sure, and these are key things. You have to make sure your spouse um, didn't report all of their income. Um, you were not aware of the income and you had no reason to know about it when you signed the tax return, okay? Um, so, yeah, we have to prove to the IRS that it would be unfair to hold you responsible or liable for the taxes that were owed because of something that your spouse has done. All right. So um, if you feel you were kind of deceived by your spouse, if you feel you were uh, coerced or kind of tricked into signing the return, um, some, the person I spoke to, they were like, you know, I pretty much, um, would just sign the return. He would be like, okay, just go ahead and sign this. And I would sign it. Um, things like that. And, and there are some other ways that, uh, you may be eligible for the relief under the innocent spouse rules, but, um, long story short, you won't be responsible if we can prove that, um, you shouldn't be held responsible for your spouse's mistakes. I got another inquiry not too long ago that was um, kind of reverse of being this innocent spouse where um, someone called in 
And they were more concerned. They were in the process of going through a divorce as well, but an amicable divorce. And they had never filed with their spouses, um, their spouse, because they were always told they had a lot more going on than the spouse. Um, They had businesses and the spouse had um, regular W-2 income and uh, retirement income. So they did not, um, they they never filed together. They were um, both married prior to, and um, so this was at least a second marriage for the both of them. And they were told that um, they would be responsible if one, if their spouse didn't file their tax return on time, they would be responsible for any back taxes or penalized for not filing, for that spouse not filing a tax return. Well, that led the person to panic and said, uh, because that person reached out to the tax professional of the spouse and said, hey, you know, just checking. There are some situations that have come up. I'm just, you know, checking to see if you could provide me with the last few years of tax returns. And as it turns out, the spouse hadn't filed in the last few years. Well, the spouse that um, the business owner spouse, I'll call call that person the business owner spouse. The business owner spouse ended up um, panicking because they thought that because the spouse that they never filed a tax return with, um, they thought that spouse's tax uh, consequences, uh, not filing a return and potentially owing money would fall on them. And that's far from the truth. So we'll just say business owner taxpayer and wage earner taxpayer are married, but they never file a tax return together. So if wage earner taxpayer did not file their tax returns and or if, even if they did file their tax returns, but they owe money, this has absolutely positively no bearing on the business owner taxpayers tax liability. If they have never filed a married filing joint return, if they have always filed married filing separate, then the transgressions of one does not end up being the transgressions of all. Okay. So the only time that could be possible and you have to go into something like innocent spouse relief, as we just discussed, is if you file a married filing joint return for any of the years. But if you never file jointly with your spouse, you always file married filing separate, then you are not going to be in a situation where you are responsible for their tax liabilities. Now, I'm saying all of that, but 
if you share any assets together, that becomes an issue where you may want to separate assets. If you have separate, if you have joint bank accounts and one spouse is in tax trouble and the other spouse isn't, the IRS doesn't really care where the money comes from. Your money may not be safe. Now, you could get that money back if the IRS takes it, but the IRS could take the money nonetheless because both taxpayers are on the bank account. Or if you have a house, um, the IRS may put a lien on the home if the house is jointly owned. So um, that's something that you want to consider. But for the most part, when you have spouses that do not file a married filing joint return, they always file married filing separate. One spouse is not responsible for the other spouse's tax debt. Well, guys, that is my time for today. Hope you enjoyed the Q&A format. And if you have any questions and would like to just chat about your tax situation, please reach out to me at 803-739-9449. That's 803-739-9449. I'm Deltrees Hart Anderson, keeping the IRS out of the pocketbooks, wallets, and bank accounts of taxpayers. Till next time. Bye, y'all.